I'm waiting to be surprised for the day that you you like record the intro for the current episode that we're recording on the fly and then play that for us and then go right into the intro. Yeah, that would be pretty dope. I mean, a good producer would do that. But. Right, right. Here we go. You're welcome, Trailer Park Podcast. Nathan, worried or excited? I'm excited. Daniel, it's a horror movie. Worried or excited? God damn it, I will kill myself. Worried. Are you worried or excited? An invitation for rigid and spastic penetration. You seem satisfied. Affirmative. The trailer made me emotional. Real lumpy flesh dragger. Raising awareness about masturbation addiction. Don't get it on my territory. I can't stand seeing someone do it worse. Oh my god, here it comes. Here it comes. It's so uh, wet. Oh my god, it's coming. Daniel, my cousin, my blood, welcome here uh, once again. We're going to be doing a recording of Trailer Park Podcast episode 112 this evening. How are you, sir? <laughs> oh, Sorry, I wasn't all the way out yet. Whew. Good. Good to be here, Nathan. Thank you. Was that an audio expression of you pulling out sexually? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, whatever you and I uh, are birthed from there at the end of the intro song. Mm, mm. So you're like slathered in placenta right now? Yeah, like uh, Jim Carrey in uh, East Ventura 2. Okay, when he's coming out of the rhino's uh, anus asshole. Uh, Intern. Nathan. How are you tonight? Oh, I am super. Oh, that's wonderful to hear. And Amanda, welcome once again. Hi. Thank you. So glad to be here. You bet. You bet. And, and anybody want to give me anything, uh, anything about 112 tonight? This is what we do. This is, this is how we roll. We banter about the qualities that are involved in the number. One plus one equals two. One, one, two. One, twelve. Ooh, that's nice. I like that uh, contribution. I have 112 failings. Uh, I got the word anus in within the first 112 seconds of the show. <laughs> <laughs> You've upset the dog. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, sorry. No, I, I enjoy Ted's uh, contributions. That, if anybody is listening, that's Ted in the background, and he is a large animal that likes to uh, engage. In He's the worried about tonight's show. He is a little bit worried. You know, I, I feel like we've started pretty strong. I'm just going to jump right in here. I'm going to tell you that 112 is an abundant number, a heptagonal number, a harshad number. It's also the sum of six consecutive primes. It's the atomic number of Copernicum. Coperna so, what? Co- sorry, Cop. Copernicium. <laughs> uh, named after Copernicus? Look, the point is that number 112 is virtually always preparing for the future. Okay, so we, as a group tonight, need to focus on creating a secure foundation upon which future existence and endeavors can rest. What I'm hearing is that this episode is just a bridge to the next episode. We're going to make a trailer park podcast universe. Now, there's some rumors. This isn't the best podcast episode in the world. It's like a tribute to the best podcast episode in the world. Well, I don't know if you've heard the rumors going around uh, Sad Sack Studios, but uh, what's that, Amanda? Nobody has because you didn't consult your lineup consultant. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Listen, all I can do is tell you what I've heard. Just walking the hallways, stopping off at the water cooler, hanging out around Susie's cubicle. There's... A buzz. There's a palpable buzz. There's a hum going on about tonight's episode. People are excited. You know how at the end of Fight Club, when you finally realize that, you know, Brad Pitt and What's-His-Face are the same person, and they show you the montages of him 
like thinking that he's talking to Brad Pitt, but really he's just talking to himself and like dropping shit on the ground. I feel like that's Nathan walking around TPP. <laughs> right. The, exactly. The things that he overhears are who's that guy listening in on us? Does, does he work here? He keeps walking around and ruining the ends of movies for people who haven't seen them. What's he writing down? He's looking right at us when we're looking right at him. Why is he not stopping? He just hit himself in the ear. <laughs> Okay. All right. You guys want to know what didn't make the cut tonight? Yes. Mrs. Marvel? I'm going to tell you what didn't make tonight's lineup cut because tonight's lineup is impressive. Okay. It's actually very impressive. I know that it's been said before. I know you guys are giving me a bunch of razzing right now. You're saying I'm walking around talking to myself about it. That's not true. I want everybody to know that's not true. However, (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of palpable buzz and these are the movies that didn't make the lineup okay uh movies like tyler perry's a medea family funeral didn't make God it, it. it's didn't the final it. it's the last medea. installment yeah that should be you. i'm sorry guys didn't make it uh leprechaun returns didn't make it <gasps> that's you a shame fool didn't make it sorry the hole in the ground didn't make it didn't make it i don't know what that is it sounds filthy no it looks good <laughs> she's getting upset <laughs> <laughs> uh the kid western with chris pratt didn't make it sorry also looks okay. Next. Hmm. Captive State. Cut. Didn't make it. Is there another show where we can go where those movies are on it? What movies are left? I mean, is this all just going to be like the Indie Fest fuckery? What are, are we watching? Oh, I love <laughs> Indie Fest fuckery. The movies that are left make up what could be one of the greatest lineups that we've ever had. <clears throat> I'm just going to need you guys just to have a little bit of faith. You know, Is it greater because you had to cut it from so much more shit? <laughs> I'm saying, look, all right, Captive State, by the third trailer viewing, I was like, I don't care about this movie anymore. I can't deal with it. It doesn't make me excited. No one wants to talk about this shit. That's how I felt about it afterwards. So I went and I talked to the studio executives over at Sad Sack. We had a bit of a powwow. Uh, We didn't reach out to the consultant on that one, but uh, it got shaved. All right. Hey, you could always lobby to get it into the next episode. Release date's a ways away. I'm not getting involved in all that bureaucracy. Yeah, well, there you go. (laughs) That's a lot of participation. Guys, I want to start off tonight talking very briefly about the Oscars, okay? Just because it's the Oscars tomorrow night, and I I want to talk about what a fucking shit show they are. Because they made Kevin Hart the host, and then a bunch of attack happened on Kevin Hart, and he backed out of being the host. And then they said, hey, let's go without a host. And then they said, you know what, let's tighten it up and, you know, not present a bunch of awards on air. We'll just present them during the commercial break. And then all the people, the cinematographers and makeup and costume people were just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Fuck you. And then they said, oh, sorry, sorry. No, no, we'll air them all. (laughs) So it's like they're stumbling around and it's just such an awful shit show right now. And I'm I'm feeling like I'm having an epiphany and I wanted to share that epiphany with you. Go right ahead, Nathan. (sighs) Two things are happening here. One... 2018 was an awful year for movies worthy of critical acclaim. And we all know critique is so limiting and emotionally draining. (laughs) And two, the Oscars lost credibility a long time ago. And my nostalgia has blinded me from holding their feet to the fire. So I say to you, go Black Panther, go. No. Win it all. No. Win it all. I don't care. There's no credibility anyway. It doesn't matter who wins. It's all a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. And you can see them struggling to like, they are just now coming to terms with the fact that they're not really relevant anymore, that they don't hold any really any real power, and that they can give awards to shit all day long, and it doesn't mean anything. Right. And now we're just watching those like final flailing death throws 
as until they give up. Oh, the ratings this year are going to be absolutely awful. What the Oscars mean for everyone that's involved is a bigger paycheck. Does it though? Future films. If they give no, if they give awards to Roma, then I don't understand what you're talking about. Alfonso Cuarón can do whatever he wants, and him winning previous years is a result of him being able to make. If if they give Roma. Best Picture to Netflix, then that betrays. They're not going to everything. Okay. Green Book is going to win Best Picture, or Bohemian Rhapsody, which is going to be all right. Here are some things. Sham. Here are some things that could make the Oscars worth watching this year. <clears throat> Number one, Kevin Spacey shows up pissed drunk on the red carpet. <laughs> oh, that would be fun. Right? Yeah. Number uh, two, great. Brian Singer shows up with a young bow in tow that looks too young to drink and tries to go up on stage when Bohemian Rhapsody wins awards. <laughs> yep. Right? <laughs> yeah. And number three, white people just win everything. Oof. Oh, well, just because of the ensuing backlash. That's what would be entertaining. It's everybody freaking out and storming out. Having You know what's the biggest concern about this year's um, Oscars is that if Beale Street could talk, it's probably one of the best movies. And it's not up for it's up for two things and it should be up for everything. Well, credibility celebrating Black Klansmen. When they should be celebrating if Beale Street could talk. Because it's an actual movie mm-hmm. that is actually great. Because it has nothing to do with celebrating good movies. And that's it's the horrible. problem. That's the problem. The Oscars are a sham. And I'm I'm sorry to finally be realizing it this late in the game. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm it's sorry. It's all scripted, Nathan. All reality is crafted for us. It's true. Rapid fire! <laughs> okay. <laughs> So after coming out in support of Brian Singer, Millennium Films CEO is now backpedaling hard. His comments came out the wrong way, and Red Sonia is now on the back burner and not currently on their slate. <laughs> He's poison. Oh, you meant that kind of rape. Oh, no, no, I hate that kind of rape. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, he fucked what? Rapid fire! Groundhog Day is getting a sequel. Oh. Uh, with who? It's not a movie sequel. It's a virtual reality sequel. Oh, you get to live it. They're going to VR Groundhog Day. Okay, so they're making a game of Groundhog Day. Basically. Why would you say it the other way? Because that's what the article says. Groundhog Day is getting a sequel, and then they spin it in the article. So I thought I'd do is the it, same thing to you. Is it like a joke? Like, oh, it's not a sequel. You're just living the same day over and over again. I think it's about living the same day over and over again. And we all know how much Amanda hates those things. So we'll try to move on. Uh, except there is a new show called Russian Doll on Netflix with Natasha Leone that is doing a Groundhog Day thing. Are you are you feeling any warmth towards that, Amanda? Daniel already watched it without me. Daniel, was it any good? Yeah, actually it was. Oh, well, maybe somebody should give it a... Rapid fire! Coming to America 2. Uh, with Eddie Murphy. Akeem returns to America seeking his lost son and heir in August of 2020. Fantastic. Who's yeah. playing Eddie Murphy's part, or is he coming out of seclusion? Eddie Murphy's on board. Yeah, and is it going to be Will Smith's kid that's uh, playing his long-lost son? I don't know. When I do. do we get Bowfinger 2? <laughs> <laughs> I think you might be waiting for a while on that. Uh also, just a quick point here. I don't know if you guys know, but Natalie Portman filed a restraining order against a man claiming to be John Wick. It's real. 
Jesus Christ. Somebody was that's, stalking that's her. Scary. Yeah. 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 I don't want to play the rapid fire between absolutely everything I say. However, Fifty Shades of Grey author has a new book coming out, and she's referring to it as a 21st century Cinderella. A woman wrote that book? Fifty Shades? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's got man. It's got dude writing written all over that thing. <laughs> well, really a woman. Wow. Maybe there was like her husband walking around in the background and they were pounding it out together, you know? I thought it was like that whole movie book franchise feels like kind of a pathetic dude mansplaining bondage to women. (laughs) I mean, it is upsetting that she's a woman because the female character is so awful. Yeah. But what can you do? I watched it again the other day and I cried at the end, so... (laughs) Also, the Federal Trade Commission says it received over 21,000 reports of romance scams in 2018 with a total losses of $143 million. Kind of romance. So I'm making all my money now? People screwing people out of money uh, by hooking up. Like Dirty Rotten Scoundrels? Sort of. Are we getting a sequel to that? Uh, we are. And let's let's transition here. Because tonight is, um, is special. It's the episode where we visit our annual box office bombs. I love bombs. Box office bombs. FBI. Yeah. Amanda, do you remember what you said last year? No, I do not. I say a lot of things. (laughs) Okay. Um, Tonight is the annual uh, box office bombs. Oh, it's my favorite. After Uh, this episode, they're all crap until January 19th. Uh, nailed it. Yeah. Um, so first things first, we just kind of clarify. We do worldwide box office versus the estimated reported budget. That's how we work out whether they uh, bombed or not. Uh, would you like a review of last year's nominees? Yes. yes. Would you like me to play a recording of us talking about it last year? Yes, and I don't have to do any work. Perfect. <laughs> All right, so your candidates for 2018, ladies and gentlemen. Number one, the Overboard remake. Oh, God, I'm already mad about it. Starring Anna Faris and some Mexican guy. (laughs) (laughs) Sounded a little racist. Just kidding. It's Oscar Isaac. Number two, live action Barbie. Oh, that's just going to make money. Uh, Yeah. Oof. A ton of money. How many different Barbies are going to be in there? What, Amanda? Didn't Amy Schumer back out of it? She did. Who is it now? Tentatively... Anne Hathaway. How did, it's going to come out this year, but they don't know who the Barbie is? It's coming out in August. They can make that shit in four weeks. Huh. Ridley Scott just reshot a whole fucking film. And <laughs> I know, but I mean, <laughs> come on. And a whole film, I mean. Like, I'm not Christopher Plummer's in every scene. Cool. <laughs> Seems like they're, they should have an actress. <laughs> yeah. Well, my, my IMDb Pro Plus account says that it's Anne Hathaway, so I'm going to go okay. with that. Number three, The Meg. Big, huge, giant shark movie starring Jason mm-hmm. Statham with a $150 million budget. What? That's uh-oh. <laughs> Is coming out Shark Week? I have no idea. It should, if it wants any chance. Number four, and keep King Arthur in mind, Robin Hood colon Origins. Mm. Who's in it? Ugh. Taron Edgerton is Robin Hood from Kingsman, and uh, Ben Mendelsohn is the Sheriff of Nottingham. Oh, I'm going to pay to watch it. That's going to make money. Number five, The Girl in the Spider's Web. We're going to... Not, not my favorite Mara. 
We're gonna we're gonna skip over the other two movies that David Fincher didn't do. We're gonna go right to the fourth one. We're gonna recast everybody, and we're gonna expect everybody to care about it. Yeah, it didn't. Isn't this a little bit late? Doesn't no one care about this anymore? It was yeah, a really a franchise that like just never took off, right? Rooney Mara wanted to continue playing that character, and she tattoo? was fucking awesome. What the hell? Mm. That's really odd. Number six. This one's for the you intern. I don't really think this is going to be a bomb, but Sad Sack seems to be just taunting you all the time. A uh, Smallfoot animated movie about a Bigfoot. <laughs> oh. oh, that's going to make money. That's going to make my money. I, I can't gonna, wait to watch that. I think that one's going to make money. I think Sad Sack is just having fun with you. Uh, number seven, Johnny English 3. Ooh. About time. <laughs> finally. Waiting. And finally, The Jungle Book. Oh, you didn't know that there's two versions of the Jungle Book? I one did. by Disney and one by Warner Brothers? <laughs> yeah, there is. Uh, it's coming out this year, the Jungle Book, because we want another we one. We didn't just have one like three but years ago. No, the new one's we, got Benedict in it. 2016. Yeah. And now we're going to do another one, and it's going to have a whole bunch of other people in it. And they already made it. They already finished it like several years ago, and they're releasing it now. Eventually, the same 12 movies are going to be remade every year with new casts, and that's all we'll ever get. And then we'll have, like, really bad years where it's like, oh, it just happened that this is the, like, all-female every movie year, and Mm -hmm. we all, you know, drive off a cliff. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, do you guys remember what you picked? I feel like I picked the Meg. Uh, You did. You picked the Meg and Daniel joined you. And Amanda and Chelsea both picked Robin Hood. Amanda was on the fence between Robin Hood and um, Jungle Book, but she locked in on Robin Hood. And I picked The Girl in the Spider's Web. Now, Overboard Remake grossed over $85 million on a $12 million budget. Jeez. Mm -hmm. Wow. They were up 73. The live action Barbie movie didn't happen. Uh, Uh,. Margot Robbie is slated for it now. Yes, and Anne Hathaway left the thing in January. Margot Robbie signed on. Ever considered? Yeah, I don't know. Margot Robbie makes Margot Robbie makes a hell of a lot more sense. And yeah, I think it'll probably make money. Jamie Presley. Oh, good one. Mm, mm, Jamie Presley. Like the trashy, like generic Barbie. You know, like the bottom shelf Barbie. Yeah, if we could give out an award in this uh, box office bomb segment for being the most wrong, that award would go to Intern and Daniel. Yeah. The, yeah. The Meg, I didn't know China was involved. <laughs> <laughs> the Meg, although it had a $178 million budget, I was wrong about the 150 it grossed $529.6 million worldwide. So it was up. How much domestic? I don't have that. I, I want just, the domestic numbers because that thing was like a mass international marketed and created <laughs> thing. You could you could feel it. It had like the veneer of every human must like this. <laughs> well, and didn't we go see it? Yes, we did. Yeah, we did. Uh, intern, the, yeah, you you contributed to it. Yeah, uh, intern. Uh, the numbers, the numbers dot com, and uh, please look up uh, the Meg and give Daniel the domestic gross number for the Meg. Okay. Uh, no. Uh, come on, I want to get back to you doing stuff that we tell you to do. <laughs> it's not on the... Uh, You're being a shit intern. Letterboxd uh, box office mojo. Oh. Uh, top 100 grossing films of all time. So it yeah. didn't make enough money. Doesn't mean anything to me. Okay, uh, Robin Hood, uh, Amanda and Chelsea. Uh, it grossed $84.7 million on a 99 
a million dollar budget. So it was in the hole by 14 million. At least it bombed. We were right about the bombing part. It is yeah. the, out of the list of nominees, it is the movie that bombed the most. So the most bombedest. Amanda and Chelsea are the winners. And I also saw that movie. You, <laughs> you also contributed to that one. Yeah. Uh, the girl in the spider's web. I ended up uh, getting excited about this on the episode that it was on after trashing it in the box office bomb episode. It made 34.9 against a budget of 43. It had a net negative of eight. So mine was also a bomb. So I feel like I'm like a part of your group. I'm a part of the Amanda and Chelsea group. Mm -hmm. I'm just kind of like off to the side. Not Uh, quite as behind, not quite as important, but I'm in the room with them in the winner room. Um, no, 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 not in the winner room. That would imply that you were also no, a winner. No, there is a winner room where winners would go and hang out, like a green room with with sandwiches, drinks. Oh, it's after the awards, so like right. the room arbitrary. Right. Yeah, okay. and the guys that lost, they just go out the front door and go home because they lost. Yeah, and the guys that lost but don't go home, they linger. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's referred to as looming, looming. Uh, Smallfoot, yeah, it made money. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 213 million against an 80 million dollar budget johnny english three don't underestimate uh the power of the brits because no, it i heard made... people talk positively about this movie when it came out yeah i tried to watch it it wasn't very good but it's domestic was like six million or something and it's overseas aka england was like 150 million so people just line up and load Rowan Atkinson's pockets with money when they're British. So yeah, what's what's Mister Bean doing? Oh, like a a, a joke that's all that was tired twenty years ago. Great. And the funnest one on the list is Mowgli, aka the Jungle Book movie, uh, is disqualified from the competition because Warner Brothers bitched out and sold the distribution rights to Netflix. Oh. So, uh-huh. And the only thing worse than a bomb is not being willing to stand your ground zero. Am I right? Ah. Huh? Oh, ah. Bazing. Ah, huh? not being willing to stand your ground zero. And I just, I, I went and I looked up a few other, you know, big bombs just to see which movies really deserve the title of bomb. And I just selected four. I've got uh, The Happy Time Murders. Oof. $27.5 million gross against a $40 million budget for a net of negative 12. I paid $13 to watch that. Uh, that's great. The Hurricane Heist, I thought I'd throw in here because it's actually a, a bomb that everyone wants to watch, probably. Didn't we watch it? We did. Yeah, yeah. we saw that. We, we enjoyed it. Yeah, so 30.9 against a $40 million budget. Not bad, minus nine. Uh, Welcome to Marwin, hmm. the Steve Carell one where he's playing with dolls and he's becoming a doll. 12.7 oh. million against a $39 million budget for a minus 26 net. Ooh. Surprising. Yeah. And your winner, as far as I can tell, is... Uh, and it's it's because they didn't put him in the lead role, but it's the sisters brothers. Ten point three million gross against a thirty eight million dollar budget for a minus twenty seven, just edging out Welcome to Marwin. And yes, Jake Gyllenhaal was involved, but they didn't use him right. No, I get it. It's not his fault. Um, <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> the the Carell movie it, it bombed because it felt like Robin Williams the toys, right? <laughs> it bombed because it looked super depressing in an awkward and fucked up way. In a very way. corny way, yeah. like. I don't know. It looked weird. You're like, does he fuck dolls? What is this? I still want to watch it. <laughs> I feel like we should have done that trailer on the podcast just to stir the pot, you know? Yeah. Oh. And here's your 2019 candidates. Number one is The Hustle, the dirty rotten scoundrels gender swap with Anne Hathaway and Rebel Wilson. Oh, man. Why is it even a gender swap? The whole the, the ultimate point of the original Dirty Rotten Scoundrels is that a woman 
dominates the both of them. It has a stronger feminine message as is. Look, they're into this. They're into this using it as an excuse to make more movies. Okay, so good. So then the, the end of the hustle is that the man that they're both trying to hustle hustles them and takes all of their woman money. I don't know. I have a problem with Rebel Wilson getting all these movies because she doesn't act. She just gives her deadpan, monotone uh, reaction to everything. And I, it's like her, her, she's lifeless behind her eyes. And it's, it's true. She's good in those like bit side parts. Yeah. Like a pitch perfect. That's great. That's where, yeah. you know. Yeah. Side character, friend that's awkward and crazy. Yes. Fine. It works. But the clock is ticking, Rebel. You're not that talented. What about her movie that that she stole from Amy Schumer, where it's like it's like, oh, an attractive dude likes a fat girl. What? Yeah, I think it's in the theaters right now. Oh, okay. Uh, number two, uh, John Wick three, Parabellum. That is not gonna bomb. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, it's not gonna bomb. <laughs> well, I've already like high five like two dudes at work about it. <laughs> <laughs> Just being a dick. All right. Uh, Rocket Man, the Elton John biopic. That's yeah. also not gonna Will bomb. it rake in? the uk dollars yeah. yeah i don't know i already saw him fucking <laughs> slow motion dragon kick and in, in platform shoes in the that what's that one that was the uh, golden compass yeah kingsman kingsman too. there you go <laughs> golden compass <laughs> <laughs> the golden circle the golden <laughs> circle okay uh the new mutants oh is this marvel this I is will, uh, this is uh, one of the stragglers that this is Second the, the two X-Men movie. The two movies that were made by Fox before Disney bought Fox and hadn't been released yet. They're the X-Men movies. And they're both coming out this year. I think Dark Phoenix will be successful, but the New Mutants stinks. Like there's something wrong with it. Mm, yeah. It could be cheese could be too cheese ball. If the story of the new New Mutants is cheese ball in itself. I actually don't know much about the New Mutants. Mm. I think they're trying to make it dark. It's yeah, pretty much like a teen horror superhero movie. So I feel like X-Men are like a rotating new mutants because they're a school where you just bring in the next batch constantly. So I don't know why these divisions occur. Mm-hmm. How do you guys feel about the Charlie Angels, Charlie's Angels re- reboot with with Case Two? No, what? Uh, I'm up for anything with Case Two. <laughs> <laughs> Only if she plays all the angels, like Eddie Murphy style. <laughs> oh, that'll be great. Mm-hmm. Amanda, how do like you feel Barbara? about the Charlie's Angels uh, reboot with? with no. Kristen Stewart. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't want mm-hmm. to see that. Mm-hmm. I don't like her. I don't really care for Charlie's Angels. Well, Ugh. how about Dr. Sleep, the sequel to The Shining? Oh, no. Mm-hmm. What's, our, what's oh, our track record on decades after sequels? I think it's uh, when you wait too long, you miss the boat. Isn't that? Can't, I think so. Yeah. And your final candidate. Well, Sorry, go ahead. I don't know, because Blade Runner, I really like... The new one and Incredibles too, I really liked, and they're both a long ways away. Hmm. I feel like those could be exceptions. However, Blade Runner twenty forty nine did bomb. Oh, I and I know people like so. the Incredibles too, but every podcast I listen to that reviews movies, they're all very five out of ten on it. Whoa, five out of ten? Do they have a soul? Yeah, most of them love the first one. Hmm. They're just like, this is just it again, and I wanted more after fourteen years. Yeah, that's yeah, the really best famous. thing about it. Is that you can watch it like one movie? Hmm. I think my idea was better. They all ready up. to end end the trilogy, Nathan? Huh? Send your script idea to Brad Bird. Maybe I will. Do any of you need to be reminded about what my idea was? That they're older. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's Jack correct. Jack's not Moving a baby on. anymore. Yeah, that's what it should be. Bingo. <laughs> 
You focus in on Dash's family or Violet's family or whatever her name is. No, my actual idea was a wedding that Violet was getting married and the father-in-law was a supervillain and she finds out at the wedding and they have to just choose a side. Yeah, that would have been much better. Yeah. Yeah, there's like a big fight that happens at her wedding. But wouldn't it be fun if like it wasn't a fight and she didn't have to choose a side and it was more like the Venture Brothers universe where the good guys and the bad guys just sort of like coexist in a weird way and pretend to fight. Hmm. Can Jack morph inside of someone else's body? I don't know, but that was a part of the idea too, that the supervillain stepfather was trying to get his hands on Jack-Jack so that he could harness Jack-Jack's multiple powers. Yeah. Yeah, it was all, uh, you know, part of it. But I like I like where Amanda's going there because you could actually twist that so that at the end they all they agree to let the marriage continue, you know, but just still be at odds with each other. Uh, just keep Jack Jack portaling inside someone else's body and exploding from within. That's how graphic and dark that power can really be utilized. I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> like bursting out of their skull face like dead alive style. She said she didn't want to hear about it. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Uh, and the last one was Motherless Brooklyn, which is Nort- Edward Norton's long-awaited movie where he's a private detective with Tourette's. Oh, man, I'm going to love it so much uh, and nobody's going to watch it. Yeah, no, I don't think very many people are going to watch it. So That's going to be the one, Nathan. That's so. That's depressing. the guy I couldn't remember his name a minute ago, eh? Yeah. yeah. Is that where he smokes weed with his clone? <laughs> Leaves of grass. Uh, Leaves of grass. Um, so basically, I think that the movie with the most potential for bomb bombing is either charlie's angels or dr sleep because it's gonna have a lot of money behind it i don't know how much money norton got to make motherless brooklyn so i don't know what he has to clear right because you know the gap is what we define the bomb so if he you know mm. they have 12 million and it makes eight it's like mm. well doesn't he have like a whole apartment complex suing him is that take taken into account of expenditures for well a new york city fireman uh died on the set of his movie yeah and didn't they burn like a whole building down i don't know that could be true did edward norton kill a fireman <laughs> I, don't <know>. I don't know but it's all very sensitive i'm interested in the movie because it's been a long time coming but it's gonna be i don't know like didn't he already do this with the score he was like uh acting like he had a weird uh, the score was great yeah it was good but he's done this where he's but this, this was like the one that he's been planning for forever yeah i know oh. The score, the one where like Brando, like pants, like panting, walks in off the set of Doctor <laughs> Island Doctor Moreau. Yeah, Just sits right down and starts spewing lines. Yeah, he's, he's, it looks like Jabba the Hutt though. He's I think hurting. I remember a scene with him and Norton where he even has like a safari hat on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like they all jumped, like Norton jumped at the chance to work with Brando, and then was like, oh man, he's gone, he's done. Oh, you look like John Candy at his worst. Uh, uh. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, John Candy is sorry, Goodman. I'm gonna go with Doctor Sleep myself personally. I think that thing's gonna flop like a fucking motherfucker. It is if they blow it out on it. If they go like old school style and give it like a medium budget, like thirty to forty oh. million. Look at it. Look at it from the who cares, right? Like Blade Runner. I care a lot, and I know people that care a lot. The Shining. Pff, nobody gives a fuck about the sequel to The Shining. Nobody. Especially right, you because don't even of know in your head where it could go, really. Well, because you also forced me to watch some of the miniseries, and I know where it goes. And it gets stupid. Right. People who like The Shining, the actual Shining, look at the Kubrick movie a completely different way. I like the Kubrick movie, and that's all I like. It's so good. But it's... I just watched it recently. It betrays the book, does it not? 
like leaves out a whole bunch of weird corny bullshit. Yeah, all the yeah. stuff that sucks. Yeah, and Doctor Sleep is all the weird corny bullshit. Yeah, there's a, there's enough with corny bullshit and Stephen King stuff to go around. It's always a weird mix with Stephen King. I remember that reading the book It. It was like he'd have this scene that he set up that was like you could tell he was writing it to be super scary, but it was essentially just a boy experiencing like a universal monsters werewolf, like even the old school style werewolf, which I don't find scary at all. And then right after that, you'd be like, oh, was I supposed to be scared? And then it'd be a scene about a 15 year old bully getting a 13 year old kid to suck his dick. And you're like, whoa, <laughs> whoa. All I right, think Mr. The, King. The problem with Stephen King is that the movies that are good are not horror movies with the exception of the one that Stanley Kubrick directed. So yeah. unless they get like, uh, what about Carrie Fincher? Oh yeah. Carrie's good. That's the Palma though. These, these are directors like interpreting for themselves the framework that he sets up, but can never like come through on. I totally get that. I can, I can envision a, after reading a Stephen King story, I envision in my head, I know for a fact, something scarier than what he thinks he wrote. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. And Stephen King always seems to be the one that has the most to say about all of his adaptations. Oh, well, Stephen King has an opinion about it, but no other author really gets in anybody's face or, you know, talks shit about the adaptation as much as he does. What's that, Mr. King? Maximum Overdrive? I didn't hear you. Maximum Overdrive? (laughs) Sorry. That looks good. When all the other authors, even if they don't like it, they're making bank now. Mm -hmm. Like, they make way more money when a book becomes a movie than they do selling books. Well, money isn't everything, intern. Okay? And... Well, Stephen King is literally swimming in money. I know. So everyone else is grateful and he's just, you know, a dick. Yeah. Ungrateful dick. So pencil you in for John Wick 3, Amanda? No. (laughs) No. John Wick 3 is going to make a million gazillion trillion dollars. (laughs) And the movie that will bomb super hard is, I don't know. Probably the Shining sequel. Probably the Shining sequel. Oh, goodness. That's everyone. Yeah, because old people will go see Charlie's Angels. We're all going to succeed and, and fail together. So I can, I can just say everyone for Dr. Yes. Yeah, because I thought that those uh, those other Charlie Angel reboots with Crispin Glover in them were <laughs> going to be huge fucking bombs and people loved them. That's so. a good point. Yeah. But I mean, hey, if you told me Drew Barrymore and Cameron Diaz and Lucy Liu and Bill Murray... Um, yeah, I, I'm not offended. This one, I'm like, ugh. See, ugh. I react to those three actresses you just named the same way I did these two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. All right, fine. And there we go. Another edition of Box Office Bombs. Uh, anybody else have anything to say before we get into the time machine? You know what's missing from Box Office Bombs is like the true like firepower of a bad action bomb. Mm. Yeah. You know, like... Gods and Kings or whatever that movie was. or <laughs> Gods, you know. oh, God. Gods of Egypt? Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's right, yeah. And we also need, like, we also, the segment also needs its own bump of music, you know. Oh. Blockbuster bombs or... Rapid bombs. <laughs> Rapid bombs. Or, like, you know, someone saying, this is going to be great, and then a bomb goes, like, bomb explosion sound effect. <laughs> That's the director and the writer being shot. <laughs> All right, fine. Yeah, maybe we'll spruce it up. But, uh, you know, if, if I do that, then I'm going to need some applause next time. Yeah, I just want there to be transition music between every single transition. <laughs> okay. I also, I'm still waiting on my intro song. Oh, my God. Really? You're an intro 
song? He doesn't even consult his LC. Wow. Can be the way he makes it up to me. Since this show was the only thing I had going for me in my life, I have decided to kill myself. <laughs> That's the <laughs> perfect fucking line. Intern, you have anything to say? Okay, well, let's get into the time. So funny. You guys feel that? Hey, wait. Oh, wait. Did you put your seatbelt on? No, no. It's really heavy on my chest. Ah! It's for safety! Thank you. Am I am I alive? I think we're just um, we're just our nerves are just settling or just plateauing. What if only half of your body comes back in time with you? <laughs> I could be jerking off in the future. I don't know. Do you want to go back? No. Okay, let's go back. No. What? What, okay. we, what did we come here for? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. Um, so, yeah, the headliner tonight, I'm, I'm sure some of you have already heard the buzz, the palpable buzz around the office, but the uh, headliner tonight is uh, Return to the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, with Brie Larson in Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, here we go. War is a universal language. I know a renegade soldier when I see one. Never occurred to me that one might come from above. Space invasion. Big car chase. Truth be told, I was ready to hang it up till I met you today. So you're not from around here. It's hard to explain. I keep having these memories. I see flashes. I think I have a life here. But I can't tell if it's real. Haven, worried or excited? 
Well, um, I'm kind of all in on the the MCU at the moment. I really enjoyed Infinity War, and this is a big part of that. If you haven't seen Infinity War yet, this movie is going to be playing a pivotal role in the Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame process. So uh, this is a very necessary step. Uh, There are a few things that are interesting. Um, They're using de-aging, digitally de-aging the uh, Samuel L. Jackson and Clark Gregg characters since the movie is set in the 1990s. They did a little bit of this previously in Ant-Man and um, in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 with Kurt Russell and the flashback scenes. This is the first time that they're doing it throughout the entire movie. So they're making them look younger, and they do in the trailer. Samuel Jackson looks quite young in the trailer, so that, that special effect is working. Um, this is also the first, um, like the distribution deal with Netflix is over. This is the first movie that will not, like the first MCU movie that will not be streamed on Netflix once it gets there. And a few other things here. There's some complaints about Bree's voice. They don't think that Bree's voice is uh, suited or strong enough to be badass from a Captain Marvel perspective. And I would just like to bring everyone's attention to uh, Kong. Skull Island and how strong of a character she was there and how her uh, there was no issues with that big blockbuster action movie just fine I think her voice is just fine yeah it's her doing that oh right (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Ben Mendelsohn is the main villain in Captain Marvel in the dressed up uh, scroll makeup he's going to be doing an Aussie accent when he's in the scroll makeup and when he's like because the the scrolls can trans transmorph into other people so when he's transmorphing he's going to use a american accent and when he's in the scroll makeup he's going to use an aussie accent it also makes me wonder should there be something called a villain club i was thinking about this because ben mendelson has now been like the sheriff of nottingham and they're they're plugging him in as the bad guy in all these different movies is there a point where you enter into a club or do you need to be like a bond villain before you get that uh, i say once people can legitimately say that like, you're typecast you probably belong in that club of other dudes that have like high pointy eyebrows right. or thin lip smirks that they can't get off their face. But you're or people yeah. who just have scars on their face because those are the bad guys always. Yeah, or squinty eyes, or they generally look untrustworthy. Scars were were addressed in turn. I know. Okay. I know. Just all bringing right. it back. That's all. <laughs> you can't have scars anymore because it's racist. <laughs> Well, Scar gets in the club automatically. I was just thinking there should be something, right? Like at some point, you like a villain Hall of Fame, you know, where like Alan Rickman would definitely be in the villain Hall of Fame. I think he only did what Snape and uh, Hans Gruber and uh, Sheriff 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 of Nottingham. Sheriff of Nottingham. Yeah, but and in Love Actually, he cheated on his wife. (laughs) Oh, fucking! Oh, that's didn't get her the necklace. Fuck. Oh, yeah, that's Uh, sad sack robot. Yeah. Ah, I hate that scene. I hate that scene when she opens up that. Because she does such a good job of being sad about it and so disappointed in him. And I really like Alan Rickman, but I'm disappointed in him in that movie. I know. Heavily. It's a fucking dick. Rest in peace, Alan. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway. I just I just like the idea of there being a villain club. Anyway, I'm way off track. Uh, also, Sam, uh, is I'm wondering if this is where Nick Fury gets his eye taken out. Does that happen in this movie? Just out of curiosity. That will happen in this movie. I'm obviously excited. Uh, Intern. Well, um, there's this little thing that keeps track of uh, all the movies that I watch, and it keeps track of who's the most watched actor. And Sam Jackson needs to stop being in movies because 
it doesn't matter if he's in a movie where he's a main character or not. He's just in every movie. Yeah, I don't see Nick Fury when I see that trailer. I, I just see uh, some more Sam Jackson. Yeah, he he needs to stop. I want someone else to be my most watched actor or actress. And it's just him and Tom Cruise. It's because he's black, isn't it? They're just both sitting at 28 films in the last three years. So I can't handle it anymore. Richie on the end of a chain? Uh, Brie Larson, I'm excited. Uh, she's a great actress in everything I've seen her in with the exception of the Kong nonsense. Um, but that's not her fault. I mean, it's just a really shitty movie. Kong was but, great. Uh, the only thing great about it was the swing and wang. And Gor- it was all downhill after that. Gorillas have small penises. We've been through this. I know. Um, this is another point uh, <laughs> that I just don't care about. Anyway, I'm going to watch this because I have to mm-hmm. continually watch these movies for no good reason. <laughs> I hope my dad likes it. Worried. 4K. 4K, baby. Amanda? Um, what did this trailer have? It had a lot of people taking their sunglasses off. It had <laughs> uh, Brie Larson standing up at you know different ages in life off the ground. I guess she falls a lot. Uh, <laughs> slow walking. Um, why, do we, why do we fall down? <sighs> Get back up again. Yeah. So we can learn, yes. to, so pick we can learn to pick ourselves up again. So we That's can learn right. our place on the That's ground. Right. Uh, well, now that you've told me that it's not ever going to be on Netflix, I think there's like uh, only like a 6% chance I ever see this movie. You're um, not going to buy the Disney app? No, I'm going to skip uh, that. Um, I'm sure it'll be fine. It's another one of these movies that are fine. Marvel movies, perfectly packaged little trinkets for your, you know, uh, <clears throat> delight. Mm-hmm. It'll be fine. I'm, uh, what would worried i don't know i don't know worried uh is captain marvel's a wonder woman captain marvel is the strongest character in the mcu so she's just like lady superman or wonder woman she's the first solo female-led movie in the marvel cinematic universe and it's being released on international women's day but you know go ahead and be worried no but i mean like she (laughs) like black widow can do like a sweet cartwheel Captain Marvel can like turn back time and fly through the universe. Yeah, I don't know about time. Can can she fuck with time? She must be able to because uh, Silver Surfer's uh, trading card uh, put his power and abilities at seven out of seven, all of them. So if she's stronger than him, uh, yes, yeah. she can. I don't have a Marvel card for Captain Marvel. Do you? No, I don't. I don't know where she came from because she's been around for decades in the universe. But I was into like this like Marvel stuff when I was younger and I into the X-Men and she didn't pop in with the X-Men. She didn't pop in in like the normal Marvel universe. She didn't pop in with the space freaks, Galaxy Guardians and Silver Surfer and all that shit. Where does she belong? And there's different versions of her. Like Jude Law is, a, is another version of Captain Marvel. He's playing Marvel or something. I don't right. Know. Are they like different versions of different dimensions of the same person? Or are they like the Green Lantern? Like they're like a core of... I saw I saw a comment about it being kind of like the Green Lantern of the MCU, which is more... Because there's, there's a group of them. They're all wearing the same uh, outfit with the star on it. It's kind of right. more likened to Green Lantern. Quick, red ring. Do what my yellow ring can't. Yeah, except, yeah, their their weakness uh, in the MCU is not uh, things that are yellow. Right. And she just, Cap- like, clicks her ring and she's like, heart. No. Captain Marvel Captain was originally a, a man. 
Mm. Captain Planet comes down and joins her captain's club. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't really have any interest in this per se. And <laughs> it just, uh, I think there's just something about the character of Captain Marvel. I need to know more. Worried. Hmm. Well, we can see we're off to a uh, fuddy daddy start here. <laughs> I think uh, Captain Marvel. The reason you don't know much about Captain Marvel is that uh, Captain Marvel came into with uh, Fantastic Four, which nobody cares about. But they were why. the original. I love Fantastic Four. I was also into them. No, oh. I don't know where she is. She didn't pop up in there for me, but fair. I was more into cards than comics, so I don't know much. Well, it is what it is. Let's let's move forward and uh, and see what's next. Uh, trailer number two comes to us from the writer director of Bone Tomahawk and Brawl in Cell Block Ninety Nine. I know, I know, Ted. It's exciting. It's very exciting. Um, it is it is starring uh, the one and only Mel Gibson and Vince Vaughn, and uh, it is called Dragged Across Concrete. Dragged across concrete. Here we go. A single red ant could have eaten it faster. You're losing perspective and compassion. There's a reason. I'm sitting behind this desk running things. And you're out there with a partner that's 20 years younger than you. Hey, Anthony's got a mouth with his own engine, but he's solid. I'm thinking about the kind of future I can offer my girlfriend. Pops is a yesterday who ain't worth words. Good heavens and praise be to him. Your absence was a weight upon us. Thank you, Mr. Edmonton. I don't like doing things with so many question marks everywhere. There's a lot of imbeciles out there. Intern, word or excited? Well, I haven't seen the uh, second half of the first two movies that this guy did. You did see the second half. I'm really of Bone looking Tomahawk? forward to. I've seen Bone Tomahawk, oh. and and it was special. Um, I've never seen anything like that before on film, and I don't think I'll see anything like that again. Uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, Brawl at Cell Block Nine Nine, and that's going to continue with this. Just because of the execution of Bone Tomahawk. Uh, also, only Mel knows Mel. That's damn Amen. straight. Amen, brother. So, Amen. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. And I get a little Dexter reference in here, which, uh, you know, I love it when TV actors start being movie stars. 
Just because she was in a t- shitty TV show doesn't mean anything. Well, she was also in a bad horror film. Oh, Quarantine, yeah. 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 Anyway, I- I'm excited. I- I'm looking forward to this. Excited. If, uh, right. if it's out in the theater, I will go watch it out here, um, but I- it probably won't be. The uh, synopsis says, once two overzealous cops get suspended from the force, they must delve into the criminal underworld to get their just due. Amanda? I'm into it. I haven't seen Bone Tomahawk, but I have seen Brawl. um, And I like the tone. The tone that is coming across for me in this trailer, I'm really into. I'm very intrigued. Um, I I like action and violence. I like men being angry about shit. I don't know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I really do. Um, Only Mel knows Mel. Uh, I like the evolution of Vince Vaughn as an actor. Um, I'm excited about this. I'll definitely try to check it out. It'd probably be the same as Brawl and I'll end up, you know, renting it on TV or something, but I look forward to it. See, the trailer is a little, there's something awkward about the trailer. I don't like the trailer. Yeah. And that, yeah. But I mean, a bitter and pissed off Mel Gibson, it's like throwing a 70 mile per hour fastball to him right across home plate. Right? Yeah. It's like asking. His hair got better from the last film he was in, too. Probably plugs. Or he's going to Panama and putting. uh, Or he's reverse aging. That's what I was getting at. Well, he's been going to Panama with his dad and getting uh, uh, stem cells plugged into his dad. Yeah. Give me those dead babies. So he's getting stem cell treatments himself as well. Um, I don't know. It's just like when you when you play into somebody's wheelhouse like that, like that's what he's good at. Mel Gibson's good at being bitter and pissed off. So I think that's perfect. It's like asking Kevin Spacey to play a sexual predator. It'd be, it'd be like dead on. <laughs> or asking Vince Vaughn to play a cop buddy buddy. The point is that oh, <laughs> only Mel knows Mel. My only concern here outside of the trailer being kind of awkward is actually I have two concerns. One, could this be Craig Zoller's uh, True Detective season two? Some of these... Uh, lines in the trailer a little bit clunky oh, <laughs> arbitrary pizzolato they're you know they're like uh, uh unnaturally poetic so but in an awkward way yeah it was like weird cut weird music almost like it was an unfinished uh a trailer and then like quiet on mel's face and he's like ah they always get you for you get your tax returns and then it breaks out into like an epic climax song and you're like what <laughs> Well, apparently uh, another trailer got leaked by the uh, producers of the movie and it was removed right away and Craig Zoller apologized for it going out and then cut this trailer and was like, this is better. And people who had saw the other one were just like, no, the other one had more spoilers in it, but the other one was way better. I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, this looks this looks rough, like someone's yeah. rough like first draft. Yeah, but I, you know, just based... Based off of Bone Tomahawk, and I haven't seen Brawl and Cell Block 99 yet, but I know that you did, and you told us that there's the, the violent payoff in the second half of it is worth it. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm definitely interested, and plus, only Mel knows Mel, so I have to, you know, have to do that. Right, yeah, I agree. Y'all transition on that. Mel does know Mel. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only Mel that knows Mel is Mel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I love Bone Tomahawk. Uh, that entire movie is... Uh, interesting and tense and shockingly violent in all the right places the cell block movie is a little bit clunkier but that second half violence payoff is absolutely worth it it's up there in my some of my top my now my now top go-to memories and references for best uh, skull and or cranium violence in a movie Ooh. so when, when you said this is dragging what dragging across concrete what is it called 
dragged across concrete. Yeah, I was like, ah, he, uh, Vince Vaughn did a lot of that in the Cell Block movies. <laughs> this this should be great. Excited. All right, two hours and thirty nine minutes. So I just threw that. Oh, oh backing out. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it was a miniseries. <laughs> Too late. Everybody said excited. Okay, uh, your fulcrum tonight. Most is, important one, right? Right. Well, yes, obviously the most important. Yeah. Um, actually, tonight it might be. Tonight it might be the highlight of the lineup, but we'll see how everybody feels about it. I just, uh, I saw average middling stuff being presented to me, and I said, fuck it, let's do us. So, the Vulcan tonight is us. Us. Here we go. That's a classic right there. What does I got five on it mean? It's about drugs. It's not about drugs. It's a dope song. Don't do drugs. Get in rhythm. Can't believe how big Dave got. You hear Gabe got a boat? He's kidding, right? He's not kidding. Hey, I think it's vodka clock. Oh yeah. Where's Jason? I didn't know if you were lost. Stick with me, and I'll keep you safe. There's a family in our driveway. It's probably the neighbors. But y'all scared of a family? Hi, can I help you? Zora, put your shoes on. If you want to get crazy, we can get crazy. What are you people? It's us. They look exactly like us. They think like us. They know where we are. We need to move and keep moving. They won't stop until they kill us. Or we kill them. Daniel, you worried or excited about us? Uh, usually I'm, I always begin these segments on the fence unless it's something uh, noticeably unique or different about this. And yeah, I think this counts for that. I'm going to go ahead and, and put my excited down right now. Um, I think Jordan Peele uh, proved himself with Get Out. I think it kind of it rode that um, 
what's the right the uh, the the acclaim wave properly. It got a whole bunch of acclaim at first, and I was like, uh oh, is it going to oversaturate? Are people going to turn on it? But no, it calmed down after a while, and people got rational, and it was all fine. And we uh, we could all accept that it was a good good movie, especially the first one out of the gate. And uh, I kind of like what he's doing here when he when the shadowy figures do show up at the, at the family's uh, driveway or whatever. My first thought was, you know, based on their silhouettes, I do hope that this is them. Like this is like fucked up versions of them because that leads to much more interesting lore. Uh, like a, what kind of monster is hunting them? What's making these weird little evil clones of them? You can, and, and there is a lot of fresh scares. I, I saw a bunch of jump scares in here. I'm hoping that's more the trailer than the, than the movie. But the more important thing is that there's a lot of room for new scares with experiencing contorted or distorted versions of yourself. Like that's part of what's scary about doing hallucinogens is getting lost in the transformation of your face in the mirror, uh, stuff like that, <clears throat> that can actually inspire true, true, true fear and dread. And uh, if it's anything like his first film, there'll be moments that you think are going to go super cliche one way and then take a total turn at the end and surprise you. So I hope I see a lot of that. I'm excited. Amanda, what say you? All in excited. I love I Got Five on it. That's like one of my favorite hip hop songs ever. You're doing some fun stuff with that song in the trailer. Uh huh. The music is great. It is super like, yeah, I, I just I want to know what's going on and why this is happening to them. And I'm I'm just I'm jazzed. I'm totally, totally down for this movie. Can't wait. And let me hop in real quick too. say I I thought it might be this until you know the trailer opened up a little bit, but I still hope that they give it to him in the future. I would love for Jordan Peele to do a remake of Candyman. Well, <clears throat> currently one of his projects is uh, redoing the Twilight Zone, or I guess producing the Twilight Zone reboot TV series. Yeah, he should do Candyman. And I just wanted to bring that up because this idea almost reads like a like a Twilight Zone Black Mirror kind of concept, like. I love how when the movie first got announced, it was just a poster and it was just a bunch of cryptic nonsense. And it was like, us. Okay, well, what the fuck does he mean by that? And then when I finally saw the trailer, I was like, oh, fuck, that's really good. Like, because <laughs> I got to like, you know, roll the idea around in my head of like, what does he, what does he mean us? Like, oh, I have no idea what that could be. And it just kind of stuck with me for a little bit. And then seeing the trailer, it's just, whoo, I like that. Yeah, I wonder if it's kind of a play on like old 1950s horror movies that were called like them with an exclamation mark. <laughs> well, Jordan P- Peele, there's one interesting uh, point on IMDb uh, where he gave the cast 10 horror films to watch so that they would have a shared language when filming. Huh. And the 10 movies that he gave the cast to watch were Dead Again, The Shining, The Babadook, It Follows, A Tale of Two Sisters, The Birds, Funny Games, Martyrs, Let the Right One In, and The Sixth Sense. Well, which funny games? Uh, the Health Invasion one, I would assume. That would be the Michael Pitt, Nicole uh, he, Kidman he did, thing. What? Huh? The same director did both, like, five years apart. 2007. That's that's the one that, like, they lose it halfway through, right? <clears throat> I I was assuming it was the Nicole Kidman. Um, Naomi Watts. It pro- probably isn't. Oh, okay. Well, why don't we uh, let the intern, a.k.a. resident uh, letterbox expert, uh, step in and tell us which one the 2007... I'm just telling you the 10 movies he gave. Yeah. You have to ruin everything. Funny Games is the Naomi Watts, Tim Roth, Michael Pitt movie. I I wouldn't know what his common language was that he wanted me to use after watching all those films, because some of them are like on this tier of horror, and some of them are on this like 
much more extreme tier like what what do you do with six Sense and the martyrs <clears throat> yeah i don't know it was just an interesting uh tidbit that i thought i would share but yeah the movies aren't necessarily all pointing in one direction that's for fucking sure well maybe it's just like i need you to have seen this movie so that when i say when i reference a scene you know what the hell i'm talking about ah that's a good point yeah he could have just been drawing different things from different places for different moments in the movie yeah that's totally what it is i agree with amanda yeah, the wife character is like, oh, is this where I, like, I'm, I don't know that I'm dead yet and I've been dead the whole time. And he's like, no, this is more like where all your skin has been stripped off and you've been crucified in order to obtain uh, <laughs> ascension. Uh, intern, do you have those uh, numbers yet for the Meg, the domestic numbers? No. <laughs> no? Okay. Is that 600 billion yen? I didn't. Uh... Okay. Uh, well, I'm excited about this. I think that there's maybe a little bit of the can he go two for two kind of wandering around in the back of my head? Like I'm a little bit hesitant and worried about slump. Yeah. I just, I'm afraid of it not being great, but everything is pointing to this being two for two. So yeah, I'm excited. Intern. Uh, this might be the best trailer we've, uh, watched this year. Um, I think the music and what they did with it is exceptional. And this trailer builds, it builds and builds until you think, you know what? I'm going to watch this the day it comes out. And it's going to make a lot of money. And he is going to go two for two. I have no concerns. I'm so excited to see just... inner demons come out. And what, you know, he thinks are the horrors within himself. We're going to get to see that. It's, you know, all the actors look great. The daytime horror looks great which is usually concerning spot it wasn't nighttime horror looks good it just looks exceptional yeah and can i say one let me end this with one last um thing like as a uh as a white person horror fan i truly appreciate the like tone and niche like wedge that jordan peele has has taken here because a lot of time you get these like you get these black horror directors that come in and you're like, all right, show us what you got, what you got. How, how are you twisting the genre? Let me see it from your eyes. And then you get something that's like almost racist, like tales from the hood and stuff like that, or leprechaun in the hood. And you're like, Oh, I feel like Jordan Peele is one of the first black directors in horror that I've seen come out and be like, I've seen what horror has done before. And here's my like craftsman's take on uh, all the best of what I've liked. Uh, please enjoy. And you're like, thank you. Thank you for thank you for just making a movie from a black perspective with a black family that doesn't feel like Tales from the Hood. I don't know how to better say it than that. No, I think I'm picking up what you're saying. And it's like just bringing normality to, yeah, like there's something about the family that's like very sincere and I love their interchange in the car. And yeah, yeah. there's no stereotypes or cliches being like, blasted about it. they're almost using the cliches and stereotypes against each other because he's you know they're using that song and saying no 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 it's just a good song like get into the rhythm of it like understand the rhythm of it like, yeah don't care yeah, exactly <laughs> like stop focusing on the on the cliche and the stereotype and just listen to the music <clears throat> yeah fair enough okay uh in the totter tonight we're gonna stay in the realm of thriller horror-ish areas and we're gonna check out a movie called Greta.
Greta. Here we go. I have a bag that I found that I think belongs to Greta Hedag. Oh, bless your heart. Where did you find it? On the subway. Oh, would you like a cup of coffee? You've been so kind. I don't get many visitors here. I've been so lonely since my daughter left. Well, I could help you. My mom actually used to say, uh, I'm like chewing gum. I tend to stick around. <laughs> Where are the candles? Uh, in the cabinet. I guess she's been finding bags around the city. I was hoping someone brings them back to her. And you're dead. Oh my god, it's her. Just let it ring. I saw the bags, Greta. And I never want to see you again. She's really freaking me out. This is not a problem. Public area, her rights are protected. Why are you doing this? How exciting. Hi, I'm Frances, and I'll be your waitress for the evening. No, I can't do this. Are you a child? No, you're the child. You need a mother to hold it. Don't you dare talk to me about my mother. She had to die for us to meet. Are you out of your mind? Look at her. She's full of grinning. She's gone, Frances! Everyone needs a friend. Between more than friends, we're connected. There's something you need to know about Greta. What? Are you insane? What did you do? Just try to get rid of Greta. Amanda, worried or excited about Greta? I think I, I definitely want to be excited. I have a little bit of a problem with the trailer in the sense that I feel like I saw way too much of the movie already. Um, so I don't know how much there is left for me to find out. Um, so that's a little bit disappointing. But <clears throat> I like the I like these ladies. They look like they have a good chemistry together. Um, I like the concept. Um, I don't know. I'll give it a go. Sure. Excited. One hour and 38 minutes. Perfect runtime. Intern. <coughs> oh, Isabel Huppert. Is yes. A Criterion staple. Is she the uh, woman? She's, yeah, she's yeah. the yeah, I like, older I like one. Her look. Mm -hmm. She's like the uh, Meryl Streep of France. Yeah, she's got some intensity to her. She was nominated for Best Actress last year, I think, for that movie L, that French movie. Yeah. Where the she Paul is Verhoeven like. one? Yeah, she's trying to track down the man that raped her. Yeah, it's. Uh, I didn't like it, but I think that's because of content. Hmm. She's, just, she's just a strong character. She's like a strong actress. So yeah, uh, she's she's really good at uh, all the acting. I also really like Hit Girl. Um, people have had some problems with her in her movie since since then, but I just seem to enjoy her in pretty much everything. And uh, I think it's a strong strong combo. Is this one also? 
directed by uh, somebody that we know? Never mind. I'd ask you to rephrase the question. I <laughs> apologize. Uh, it's directed by Neil Jordan, who uh, I believe he's responsible for many movies, such as The Crying Game and, yeah, and The Brave One. Oh, and Short Circuit 2. The Brave One. This is uh, Dog Revenge, The Crying Game. Interview of the Vampire. Oh, there we go. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to enjoy this. Uh, not as much as us, but still ready to enjoy it. I think that's the biggest problem, is that this trailer came up after what could be the greatest trailer. Well, and it's tough, too. What Amanda's pointing out is, is a lot of the criticism surrounding this trailer in general. A lot of the comments and feedback are talking about how it just gives away too much of the movie. And it like what draws you to watch the hour and 38 minutes when it's just going to be hitting on the points that you saw in the trailer and there's nothing left to find out. It's going to be following that formula of this kind of movie. But Well, uh, I think... The big positive is that it's going to give me some ideas. <laughs> I feel like it does need in the background, though, that put five on it song. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think um, one of my issues with Chloe Grace Moretz is that it's like the uh, same problem I have with Morgan, actually, where I, I knew them as children and I just see that young person's face on this adult body and it's just trippy. Can't handle it. Ageism, right? <laughs> so when you say "hit girl," yeah, I see "hit girl." I see. Uh, is she a? Is she a woman? Is she an adult? Like it's. Just uh, kind of... She is a woman now. Yeah. 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 But I just, I, it's like fucked up, and it's hard to digest it all. Um, Isabel Huppert. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of into it. I'm kind of interested, but I do have concerns as well. I'm going to have to think about it for a bit longer. Daniel, please go ahead. Um, I'm definitely feeling the older woman who plays the antagonist. Uh, she's pretty much solidifying this for me because I'm not really a big fan of Chloe. They keep trying to make her be this horror movie actress. And I wish they would stop because I don't I don't like her vibe. She's got to find enough vibe for me for being in whatever sort of movies. I don't really I don't hate her or like her, but they keep trying to pigeonhole her into horror movies. And I'm like, please stop. We don't, you know, Carrie was perfect. You don't need to remake it. Uh, she, she doesn't have that horror movie intensity or that horror movie quirk that I feel like an actress who's going to be that should have. Uh, regardless, there's, there is something weird about this trailer. I will say that there's something about this trailer in some of the weird ways that they speed up movement and slow down movement that kind of makes me a little concerned that they're hiding what might be just a cheap scare film filled with quality shit. Uh, but I'm going to overlook that and give the benefit of the doubt and go excited. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking that the writer director here seeing interview with the vampire in that list. Mm, I really I really like that movie a lot. It's one of those like guilty pleasure movies where if it's on TV I'll watch it for the fifth time. Mhm. Regardless, yeah. And uh, uh let's see what he can do with someone this strong with this Isabel Huppert girl. Let's see what they can do. I also like the graphic. Like it kind of reminds me of BioShock the way they got the uh font of the name on the green backdrop it's got some good design going on to it so that might leak into the production design and set design and then we can all jerk off to that kind of stuff right in turn correct right I'm excited okay oh, tell me the font size tell me the font size <laughs> all right uh five hole tonight is a netflix film it is called triple frontier
Triple Frontier. Here we go. I have never had a feeling as pure or proud as completing a mission with all of you. Everything we've done for the last 17 years, trying to make a difference. And we never took a dime. You've been shot five times for your country, and you can't even afford to send your kids to college. I got a job for you. I'm retired. Fish? I need a pilot. I got the new baby now. This can change you and that baby's life forever. We finally get to use our skills for our own benefit. All right, let's do it. We're gonna get Gabriel Martin Larea, head of one of the biggest drug cartels. I've got estimates he's got over $75 million in cash. If we're not gone forever, after you make your move, we are dead. You cannot go back to your normal life after tonight. You guys need to own the fact that what we're about to do is criminal. million dollars waiting in the van out there. We are not leaving them any of this money. What's the alternative here? We need to hunt quickly. That's not what I signed up for. Time's up. Move. Move! Don't get shit so back there, man. We don't need messes like that. It wasn't just Lorea's money. A lot more people are gonna come after you. You lied to us. They got every town covered. So we go through them. As long as they'll harden, you think it's gonna be. It's too late to walk away. Nathan, where are you excited? Look at this lineup of all these actors. Look at this movie on Netflix. And uh, this movie's been floating around for a long time. There's been a lot of people associated to this. A lot of people joined it. A lot of people walked away from it. A lot of people stepped in and backed out. Ben Affleck stepped in and then backed out and then stepped back in again. And I don't know. This trailer is kind of just what we're after, isn't it? A big budget action blowout that could be, if it was in a theater, might be a bomb or might actually be awesome. I just want to watch Charlie Hunnam die in a movie. I've never seen him die before in a movie, and I really want to watch that guy get killed. And it'd be fun to watch uh, the rest of these guys. It would be a great movie if they all got fucking murdered at the end or by the end. They all died. That would be great. Or they like all very bad things. Yeah. Like by the end. (laughs) Yeah, start killing each other. Yeah, that'd be great. Because Ben Affleck looks fucking greedy. 
in that scene where he's like, there's a hundred million dollars out there. We're not leaving them any of this money. Like he's greedy. So I think if anybody was going to start turning on the other guys, it'd be him. Yeah, we're not, not leaving any of this money behind for these wetbacks. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Man. Hey, hey, whoa, <laughs> hey. We're yeah. thieves, not racists. <laughs> yeah. And this is another show that's given away quite a bit of the movie, but I don't care. This looks like it'll be fun to watch. Like, I think this could be a good, uh, this could be a good time. I'm going to give it uh, an excited. Hopefully they all die. Hopefully they all die excited. Okay, I'll come in behind you. Because uh, I'm also excited about this. I think that it does have the potential to either be like a total laughable bomb or uh, like a weird sort of, you know, it nags at you and you watch it a second time and you're like, no, there is something here. Um, <laughs> it's always tough with a cast like this because it's like, you know, guy one is like a jaded, cynical uh, mercenary. Guy two is a cynical, jaded mercenary. And then uh, guy three, of course, is a jaded, uh, cynical mercenary. Um, I'm glad that they they, get, they threw a little character in there. I think Ben Affleck's probably going to... I think they just said, Ben, just play yourself in meme form that you've been in the last four or five years. <laughs> Can you play sad, alcoholic Ben? Just walk up behind her and put your finger in her ass. Yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, it, yeah it has, this, this has some potential. This could be one of those uh, straight-to-DVD kind of like shelf gems, you know? I'm excited. Amanda? No. <laughs> What's what scared you? What's um, that's, that's all she was going to say. She's already leaning back. Where <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, where to start? Okay. It's like, yeah, they, all these characters, they're all going to be the same fucking dude. Okay. We're all just grumpy dudes. Men uh, being angry about stuff. Yeah, but like not mm-hmm. in a genuine way. In like a shithead kind of way. Like... This is like a cheap, crappy knockoff of that awesome movie in the submarine. Don't know Black what Black Sea. Yeah. They really had to go after the gold. Yeah, we're gonna go get this treasure. We're gonna go steal this money. And when we're down there, yeah, we are gonna start realizing, like, hey, if there's less of us, there's more money for me. That's how this is gonna go down, except ben, with a little bit more intensity from the outside. Ben Mendelssohn, also a villain in Black Sea. Mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's Netflix, so. It's probably not gonna crush it. The truth is, it's probably the only the only options is there's no way this movie's good. It could be a good bad, and that would be great by me. Or it'll be a completely forgetful zero. Um, yeah, uh, and I don't know. I mean, maybe I'll flip it on, but I, I'm not feeling it. Mm-hmm. Worried. Intern. So dragged across concrete mm-hmm. is cops using their power mm-hmm. to get ahead and well they what does he say frontier is some military guys using their power skills to get ahead and to acquire that this is too comparable to dragged across concrete and it looks like a much lesser lesser version Hmm. so you're attacking the balance of the lineup i think you're attacking the integrity of of the lineup right now one of uh amanda's choices that i didn't know about could have slotted in here i'm worried about lineup uh integrity not integrity but uh diversity okay so you're saying like a western about billy the kid with ethan hawk in it would have been a better five hole uh yes okay i'm billy the kid worried (laughs) frontier do you have those meg numbers no (laughs) i'd fire you but there's literally no cost to me to keep you around also, you just keep showing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you keep walking around saying shit like, I'm, I'm not talk up.
Welcome, everybody, to the roundtable for episode 112, where we dismiss you. Um, you're not necessary for this part of the podcast. You can stay and listen if you want to. This is for us, us, to vent, talk about movies we, we've watched, relax, enjoy each other's company, and you're welcome to be a fly on the wall. Uh, okay, team, what have you watched recently, and what would you like to share at the roundtable this evening? I don't... Oh, we watched Tag. Yeah. Oh, did you? Yeah. So, you know, I... It was on HBO, and I was bored and there wasn't anything else on so i said let's just watch this movie and see if it's as bad as people said it was and i don't know maybe it's because when you've already heard you know when everybody has ragged on a movie so much and you go ahead and watch it like your expectations are so low that anything that it does like redeems it and and that's exactly how it was like i found it to be thoroughly enjoyable i laughed a lot and there were some cheesy parts of it like the way that they did certain things was a little bit cornball but i really liked it and had a very good time with it one of my one of my biggest hang-ups about tag and i didn't get through it all but it was that journalist (laughs) oh (laughs) her character was absolutely illogical like the fact that she was walking around with them or hanging around with them and wanted to tell this story and wanted to be involved in this process it was just nonsensical her involvement. Yeah, we're going to go hunt my friend down in a different part of the country yeah. for like two weeks. And she's like, okay, I'll just follow you yeah. for my story. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was irritated. Back, just like got in the car. Now, if I came to it with like zero expectations and like you're saying, everybody beat it down. Maybe I would have been like, this is ridiculous and funny because it's ridiculous. But instead I was like, this is ridiculous. It's stupid that she's there. And I got yeah. too hung up on it, and I wouldn't let it go, and I just said, fuck this movie. That's funny, because I kind of like forgot about her until like the very end when her character says another line. I was like, oh, yeah, you're still around. Yeah. Fuck, aren't you home? But my two major hang-ups with it, more like the only, I, I, I actually kind of enjoyed it as well. I only had two problems with it that I think would have made it like from a, you know, a six into an, an eight or something. It's one, they have Renner narrate all the slow-motion tag fights. And he does it in like that, that like knockoff Sherlock Holmesian way where he's like, okay, he's coming up behind me. I'm going to smash him with this glass and then jump over this table and then I'm oh, going to blah. And you're like, I don't even if you think... just done it in slow motion and just not said anything at all, it would have been actually really funny and cool looking. But now that you're narrating it, it's like, mm. that's kind of a thing though with those movies. And it's not just tag. It's all those like trying too hard to be comedy movies. Yeah. They just overdo too many parts of it. Yes, I agree. And the other thing was if you're trying to get this guy all your life and he's and you've never been able to tag him and you set up this like elaborate scheme that pulls all your friends in from across the country and you spend months setting it up why after all this time when you go to tag him do you still scream for like 10 seconds on your way to his body <laughs> wouldn't you be like literally like falling out of the ceiling with like black tights on and just hoping <laughs> some part of you touches him before you make it to the ground but they're all like with their arms stretched out and you're like he doesn't have to be good yeah, that's the point. Is that he's not that good. They're just all terrible, right? But the, yeah. but the, how the, the, the guy from that show? He's hilarious. The one that you like, Amanda. The black guy? No, no, no. Well, Hannibal <laughs> Burris is, is hilarious. Is, is yes, super hilarious. Oh no, but the the guy from New Girl. Yeah, yeah. He's I, I welcome him into the fold of these comedy actors. There's something about him that just really gets my motor running. Yeah, yeah. I like that guy, and I like Hannibal and John Hamm's John Hamm, but. Ed Helm can go fuck himself. Am I right? He's a little obnoxious. I didn't hate him in this movie though, yeah. but he he is he does great on you after a while. Yeah, I just thought Renner was the odd one out. In this yeah. One. yeah. Well, yeah, and I mean, he hey, where's the hair? You can't strip right. down. 
You can't strip down to nothing, Jeremy. You just become nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was just kind of cocky. You're like a eunuch. Um, and so then I also watched Tom Cruise's The Mummy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you you, you enjoyed it as much as I did, right? In the room. Oh. Yes. When I turned it on, we got into an argument because I was like, I'm going to watch this movie. And you were like, ugh, I already hate it. Like <laughs> 30 minutes in, like, yeah, I know it's going to be bad, but why do you have to be a turd ball about it? Do you remember this? Yeah, I do remember this. Okay. <laughs> that's anyway, when you, that's when you started uh, ordering trading cards for the rest of the yeah. for the rest of the movie. Uh, that's it. What happened in the mummy? Oh, it was fine. It was forgettable. I mean, it was not very good. You you haven't Honestly. forgotten it already? No, I mean, I remember the movie, but yeah, it was... some like Egyptian princess got like murdered or raped just, or something. Just wait no. three more days. <laughs> you didn't even know you watched it. What are you talking about? Literally, she has she, she put a curse <laughs> on everybody because she got molested in three days. You that is not at all. I'm happy. Anyway, she got mad because her dad married another woman and had a son, and she was like, "No, no, no! I'm inheriting all this shit." And she like invoked the god of death or whatever. Anyway, that's why she's cursed. But she's supposed to give a sacrifice to this god which was supposed to be her boyfriend at the time. Um, and now that she's awake, it's going to be Tom Cruise. Um, anyway, and then Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise and then, you know, around. And Yeah, she basically like has to hunt him down and, tr- and make him her new boyfriend. So when she pops out of the sarcophagus, she's like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Okay. And the guy from New Girl's in it, too. It's <laughs> awesome. Um, I watched some movies. I watched uh, The Front Runner with Hugh Jackman. Oh yeah, and it was uh, it was it was decent. I enjoyed it. I mean, it's a biopic about a politician. So, oh right, I forgot about that one. Yeah, yeah, about Gary Hart. Yeah, and Bill Burr is great in it. His he's got a larger role than I thought he had, but he's uh, perfectly casted as just kind of like a seedy journalist guy that's staking out. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it works well. The whole movie works well, actually. It's uh, it's enjoyable. I don't. I mean, it's, it's a content issue, right? Like, hey, you want to watch a movie about a politician that had a sex scandal? If your answer is yes, uh, front runners for you. It's a good one. I don't know if you care. <laughs> <laughs> um, Under the Silver Lake with Andrew Garfield. Oh, the movie that comes out in two months. Shut up. Oh, did you bootleg it? Shut up. <laughs> you like get some torrents? Did you get some torrents uh, working? No, no, I didn't. I just magically watched it, and I'm not going to tell you how. <laughs> the uh, the first 40 minutes are really tight, and you're like, "Wow, this could be a really good movie," and then it just slowly shows you that it's not. <laughs> <laughs> the man who killed Hitler, and then the Bigfoot. Ooh. Yeah. I it's, just watched the trailer for this again recently and my reaction was <laughs> the same as the first time. Uh it's uh it's not a bad movie, but it's not bad enough. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, I definitely fast forward to the uh second half and watch all the Bigfoot scenes. They're hilarious. So they made a good movie and a bad movie and just coupled them together. Well, that's just, that's the problem is that there's elements of it that are done well that are you know they just needed to play into the bad more and they didn't they tried too hard <laughs> i guess like uh full metal jacket syndrome mm, i don't know if it's that separated because it's kind of consistent but i mean as it transitions into the bigfoot part of the movie it's uh all the dramatic elements around the characters and everything that's the part that's kind of like meh, meh whatever 
And then the satisfying part is, you know, the hunt with the Bigfoot. So and it turns out that Bigfoot and Hitler are the same person. No, there's a great scene with him talking about Hitler and how it didn't matter that there was, you know, duplicates that it didn't matter that he, he killed him and he deserved to die, but it, it didn't end it didn't stop anything. He the machine had already been wound up too too much and it was nothing was gonna stop it. So but yeah. And the last one I have is Alita Battle Angel. Oh, I guess. Yeah. Went to the IMAX, really enjoyed it. I was fixated on her the whole time. And there's a bit of a surprise. Someone's in it that uh, they don't tell you about. It's not credited. So I'll make you watch it to find out who it is. I really enjoyed it also. What's that? I really enjoyed it also. No, Daniel. Oh, I thought they'd sneak Johansson in there. (laughs) (laughs) No, wrong. Maybe for the sequel, Daniel. (laughs) But no, yeah, I, I recommend it. I mean, it's, you know, it's all of those things that people are probably judging it for the over the top special effects craziness and uh you know maybe the love relationship between her and the boy is a bit too much but other than that i really liked it do they have sex and is it kind of like shape of water she's a (laughs) she's an android right she's not a fish i mean like her (laughs) like mechanical vagina opens and like her her lady uh no they didn't have anything like that no, they didn't. They didn't have any. They didn't talk about their vaginas or their penises. They kept it PG thirteen. But then her like her vagina has like a real big goofy clitoris, like her eyes. Oh my god! <laughs> no, there's no goofy. It's easier for the boys s- to find. That there's no way. goofy the genitals. It's called Lalita. There's no goofy <laughs> genitals. Okay, and the eyes are actually really interesting because you find yourself, at least I found myself, fixating on the eyes a lot, and it works. Like it, it's fine. It actually just absorbs you in her facial expressions more and they do that part of it very well i think nathan has a crush on this girl i like but alita wants to fuck an alien and because I of also do because of the reveal of like, who's all her are normal <laughs> <laughs> look the reveal at the end about who's in the movie plays into a possible sequel so if they make the sequel then that person's going to be like the villain in the sequel and that's awesome so I'm I'm excited for the sequel. Should it make enough money to justify one? I hope it does. Me too. I well, even though I'm not interested, I'm glad that it wasn't bad because a lot of people at the office were pretty stoked about it. Mm-hmm. Well, as everybody should. I mean, it's something new. It's something that's generating from creative idea and concept that was born out of out of manga, and it's you know something that just shouldn't be dismissed. I don't know. I didn't say it at the time, but the whole, even now thinking about the trailer, I just it's, it seems like a rollerball remake. <laughs> Andrew, I will not stand by in the presence of evil. No? No. I will not stand by in the presence of Fuddy Duddy either. Are you going to, uh, what are you going to do about it? You going to make a stand? <laughs> what? Intern, did you watch anything? I got a couple if you didn't. Yeah, I, I did. Uh, I'll quickly talk about um, two of the worst things to come through TPP. Um, one being the emoji movie, Whew. was a big steaming pile of smiley face emoji. There's a um, sequel. What? Isn't there a sequel coming? Oh, yeah. There is, it is uh, ridiculously bad. Like there's no reason for a kid's movie to be as bad as this movie is. Um, Something that rivals that for the adults is Geostorm. (laughs) (laughs) Geostorm! Um, Just, I I, know. It's bonkers, right? It is so bad. So bad. Takes Uh, that rocket ship all by himself. Fuck. It's just so ridiculous. The idea that one person 
can know everything about a space station that holds hundreds of people is just absurd. Everything about that movie is absurd. Yeah. Like everything about it. Anyway, they're like the the brothers, like secret recording video code that they say. Oh, yeah. The whole thing is great. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just uh, so ridiculous. Well, that was uh, another movie that bombed was uh, Gerard Butler's latest Hunter Killer. Hunter Killer? That's out already. How did it bomb with a generic name like that? <laughs> <laughs> oh. And, and uh, hey, this year you're going to get Angel Has Fallen. That's the third in the yeah. Olympus Has oh, Fallen. Great. The I hope series. John Travolta comes out with something called like Season of Honor or something. <laughs> Uh, on the plus side, I was going to talk about Alita, but there's no need anymore. So I watched uh, the painted animation movie Loving Vincent, mm. and uh, it was really entertaining to me. Uh, I liked it a lot, and it probably should have won Best uh, Animated Feature just because of how different it is from anything else that's happened with animated film before. How close is it to Waking Life? Uh well, yeah, I guess it's kind of like Waking Life, except everything is hand-painted. Right, so not drawn on, but painted on. Yeah, Okay. Hmm. which is ridiculous. Like, yeah, I don't know how many artists they got to work on it, but I also don't About understand how they did it. Asian girls. There, No, there's like 500 artists or something how were they, painting it. How do they justify the amount of people and time and energy for something that doesn't really make any money? Yeah, I don't know. It's fucked up. But uh, I liked it. Anyway, okay. it was good. Loving Vincent, good. Alita Battle Angel, good. Oh, and also Amanda watched Ave- uh, Avengers Infinity War and she loved it. Loved it. No, don't, no, no. Don't lie to anybody about that. Uh, I was actually okay with it. I liked it better than the second movie, the second Avengers. Didn't like the Ultron one at all. Although I did have the same problem with Age of Ultron, Infinity War, Guardians of the Galaxy, and there's one more that I can't remember. I have the same problem with all four of those movies. I, I like them all, but it was uh, my body will like turn off after a certain point of overstimulation. So in all those movies at like the climatic battle scenes somewhere in there where there's too many ships and lasers and names and people being t- thrown around, uh, my whole body just goes, oh, this is pretty sweet. Yeah, he just passed <laughs> out at the kitchen table, like slumped over in a dining chair. <laughs> And now, mind you, the reason, okay, so here's how, you know, and Nathan will say, well, then that's the way you didn't like it. <laughs> he does get really mad when I fall asleep at movies. Like, they, they, they taint those movies forever. Yeah, I really do. I really do. But only when this happens, like, okay, so I was really tired. I don't think I felt very good or something. And, but I didn't want to go to bed. So I was like, I just want to turn something on that if I watch it, good, whatever, if I fall asleep, I'm totally fine with it. And Daniel, it's like, why don't you turn on Infinity War? Just like that. That's how he said it. (laughs) (laughs) And so I did. And of course, it is very stimulating. And I end up watching all of it. And like he said, toward, you know, the last half hour of the movie, he's snoring asleep (laughs) over there at the kitchen table. And then literally there's like 12 minutes left of this movie. (laughs) And the fucking internet stops working in the living room like i stopped being able to stream in the living room Mm. and i'm fucking with the with the player for a long time and daniel has by now woken up because i think i just started yelling at him (laughs) 
And he's like, I don't know why you're still trying. I can't believe you're still messing with it. I'm like, I have to finish this fucking movie. You can't tell me that I've watched all of this. I've wasted two hours of my life and I can't see the last 10 goddamn minutes. Anyway, so that was my viewing of Avengers Infinity War. Well, it sounds like you need to watch it again. Was headache, not feeling very good, wanting to be asleep, Daniel abandoning me, and then the internet going out. (laughs) (coughs) Yeah, because I... Because Thanos, they, they do pull off Thanos a lot better than I would have expected them to. Uh, so I'll, I'll hop in here with with my with my movies uh, real quick. Uh, one, uh, both movies had similar. I had the same issue almost with both movies, which is at the very 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 end. But uh, Apostle, I saw Apostle, which is a Netflix film, and I think if I'm remembering the last many Netflix films that I've seen, I would say it's probably the better one, if not the best one. Um, Super intense. It's a little long. Uh, it doesn't have to be as long as it needs to be, but it doesn't need like half hour shaved off like most situations. It probably just needs like 10 or 12 minutes shaved off. Uh, I've, I've, I found it tense and anxiety filling the whole way through. Uh, I thought it was really good quality. I think I thought it executed well. I thought the guy playing the like cult leader out on the island, uh, he's the guy from Masters of Sex and a bunch of other British stuff. I can't remember. Michael, uh, he, he, does, Michael he does a Sheen? great job. What's that? Michael Sheen? Yes, Michael Sheen, yeah. He does a great job. Uh, there's like a big brooding, like brute, violent dude that's out there on the island. That's, how, that's sort of like his right-hand man and bodyguard. That dude is fucking terrifying uh, and gross and hyper-violent. Um, so it, it's like Wicker Man mixed with The Witch. That's very much the vibe of this movie. Um, a brother has to go out to the island to find his sister because she's been kidnapped from the mainland and there's this cult and they think the cult might be doing like ritual sacrifices. And so he's there like undercover pretending like he's a, a person that just wants to join their community. So he has to like toil and build houses and do all the grunt work with everybody while at the same time trying to run around and uh, sneak around and try and find out where his sister is. And he ends up encountering uh, a thing on the island that the cult utilizes and hides. And I can't reveal it without totally spoiling the movie but it adds a very unique twist i think to what what would have otherwise been sort of forgettable and i thought they did some really cool shit with it there's a couple of scenes in there that are really fucking if not scary enough to make you sort of like i don't know writhe in your seat uh because it's just really intense everything's really graphic and filmed well the dark and the blood on the darkness everything like looks good and hellish it just it doesn't blow it out at the end like I want it to. It sort of has like a reasonable ending that's sort of like appropriate, but toned down. And with how intense everything is, I really wanted them to blow it out. And I think I mentioned this in the text before, but he should just copy, the director should just copy the exact last scene from the Silent Hill movie. It would have fit perfectly in this movie. And that's what I would have wanted to have happened. When you like have something that's been tortured and wronged the entire film, and then they have a chance for revenge, that revenge needs to be like orchestral just over the top intense exploding out of every orifice. And instead they just sort of give it like a, Oh, and we're now we're done. So that was my only issue really was at the very end didn't blow it out because the rest of it's pretty damn good. And uh, Russian dolls, the Natasha Leone movie or series groundhog day series. Um, you watched the whole good. thing. Yeah. I watched the whole thing. Uh, it was good. It looks like they've kind of left themselves open to maybe doing a second season, but it as well has a part sort of halfway through the season that introduces a new unique element uh, to the Groundhog Day situation where you're like, oh, 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 that implication means, oh, shit, this could be way bigger than previously expected. But then that that too, they like they give you this, whoa, did you ever think of this? What if it's happening this way? And you're like, yeah, what if it is? And they go, uh, well, it kind of is, but really we're just going to focus on these two people. And now that their story is resolved, it's all over. And you're like, oh, 
you went big and then you brought it back down to, to like a very narrow focus and then went ahead and finished it off in a reasonable way instead of like getting wacky with it, which is what I want. Uh, that said, everything's everything's good. Uh, she's funny. The writing is good. They don't you don't get too bogged down because it is a show. So you're like, oh, great. How many times is she dying? How many times do we have, do I have, do we have to go through that like memory scene where they, where they show you everything that changes day to day? Uh, but they handle all that really well, too. They, they cut it down when it needs to be cut down. They extend it when it needs to be extended. And uh, all the actors that are portraying the same parts over and over again uh, do a really good job of uh, tweaking it up a little bit. Question. Mm-hmm. Uh, will you be using this Natasha Leone Groundhog Day vehicle? Um, and getting Amanda to watch it and showing her the joys of Groundhog Day uh, style storyline. Well, I did like literally just send her the exact same text that you sent me, mm-hmm. which was, I think it was real short. It was like, catch 22 question mark, because it has an actress that she likes, but a concept that she hates. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, just sent the same thing to her. Catch 22. And she was like, oh, damn. Oh, damn. This is her way in. This is the door. The chance to make her like the genre of Groundhog Dayism. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's the way in. This is the door. Will she walk through it? You'll have to stick around and find out next time on Trailer Park Podcast. We thank you for joining us tonight, and we wish you a happy and wonderful week, possibly two weeks, possibly three weeks. We don't know when we do episodes now. Uh, you know how to reach us, and you know where to find us by now, and if you don't, go back and listen to an old one and figure it out. While you're at it, put five on it. Put that five on it. <laughs>